What's up, everybody? It's your host, Jacob Ham, along with my co-host, Dakota Major, a.k.a. The Strongest Catfish. We are joined here today with our good friend, Joshua Mason, a.k.a. The Shit King of Mississippi. How y'all doing, everybody? For our longtime listeners, The Shit King came on in the Natchez episode, and this is his second, or just your third appearance on the show. I believe it's actually the third. It is your third, that's right. Um, you're one on, on one after that. So today we are going to recap our strength block. So as you know, we um, we finished our hypertrophy block a couple of weeks ago, and it was atrocious. I think our bodies were damaged beyond repair. It felt like at some no, point. No, no, definitely they 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 still it's still hurting. Yeah, everything hurts today. Um, but we're two weeks into our strength block, and honestly, I think the hypertrophy phase play, it paid off. It did. It helped a good bit. We, um, our squats this week were really good. We had a slow start to the strength block last week, but this week we really came on strong. I hit 475 for an easy, easy set of four on squat. Um, I hit it for a pretty decent two. I just yeah. got, I don't know if I got in my mind or what, but when it came to that third set, I just, I, I didn't want to do it. No, so, rep, third rep. So to cut it under the bar, the first rep, it was like an empty bar. The second rep was like an empty bar. He went for the third rep, and then mentally, he didn't even get a quarter way through. And mm. I think it's a mental thing because, once again, for our longtime listeners, you'll know he did not hit that in his power lift to me. I did. His one rep max wasn't even 475, and now he's doing it for reps. So I think whatever we're doing is working. Likewise, we did a three rep max on wagon wheel deadlift. Now, this is 13 inch, right? Not 18. Yeah, 13. Um, which is my, both of our sticking points, actually. So it's been a really beneficial training phase for us helping hopefully when we go back to power lift and pull it from the floor but we worked up to 550 pounds for three reps and i think both of us had at least three reps left in us without hitching clean reps yeah i really did we did those were really really clean reps like and we had at least two or three minimum minimum two to three reps left clean before we started fatiguing out it was really we should have kept going, but I, you know, you, I'd rather have a win and play it safe. Yeah. Especially at this phase, I mean, we still have a second strength block after this and before the peak, and I'd rather play it safe. Yeah, it's gonna get real crazy on that second strength block. I really do think. I think some real deal maxes are gonna be hit. You know, that's something I'm really looking forward to. Is we're kind of in uncharted territory. You've never yeah. trained. Well, you've never trained like this before um, in this structure, and I've never done strongman. So what we've done is we've taken my programming that I used to use, and we've implemented strongman into it. Um, it it's been ridiculous. It has. I never thought that a 200-pound sandbag could feel light, mm -hmm. and it did. You know, there's so many things that I did not think we could accomplish that we were already knocking back. I'm eager to see... Once we get to the competition, what what we're looking like. It's really, physically, I can see a difference in myself. I can see one in Dakota. Um, our vascularity's up, our body fat's down. Our endurance in workouts is a lot better than it used to be. Oh, yeah. The endurance, I don't, I, I mean, I ain't going to brag, but I don't think there's no strong man in the amateur league that endurance can match what ours is right now. I mean, it's just. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to claim, I'm not going to make that claim, but I, I, mean, I think I'm, we're pretty I'm, solid. I'm not, I'm not. I don't mean it in offense, but, you know, there's a lot of fat, lazy people who do, you know. Including Dakota. <laughs> yeah, I like to be fat and lazy sometimes, but, you know, it's called it's called your recovery. Well, 
we're transitioning from fat and lazy into strong and pretty, but speaking of which, I have noticed, and Coda, I don't know if you noticed this or not, and it came out of the blue, and it could just be me getting old man strength, I don't know. I was looking at a thing of potting soil the other day, like a 50-pound mm -hmm. sack, and I grabbed it on the end and was holding it, like pinching and holding it up, reading the back of it before I realized I was holding a 50-pound sack of mm -hmm. potting soil. Have you noticed just like walking around strength going up a lot? I do. I mean, I, I, I go through uh, about a 48-pound bag of dog food every week. When I go to the grocery store, I don't even think about it, and I just grab it with one hand and throw it in the buggy and then do the same thing when I'm loading up in my car, and I have people staring at me, you know, what the crap? Because most people can barely pick it up with two hands. It's and, and it's little things. I noticed that I had to get my toolbox out the other day, which these guys know my tool bag weighs all of, I think, 70 pounds. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I've got too much stuff in it. Mm -hmm. I probably need to get more than one. And usually I grab and go, oof. And, man, I reached in there, and I grabbed it from the back of the closet, just picked it up and walked it. And it wasn't until I sat in the chair and the chair creaked that I realized... Mm -hmm. That's a heavy bag, it, and I, I, I don't know. That's that's something we were talking about the effect of our training and whether or not it's been effective. And I think, that regardless of how I perform at this competition, which I still plan to win, by the way, everybody else, watch out. Second and third place are wide open. First is on deadlock. Um, but regardless of that, my body composition is the best it's ever been. Um, I feel, other than being beat up and sore all the time. I feel just more athletic than I've ever felt. My heart rate's really low. My blood pressure's great. Um, I believe I'm eager when I go to my checkup in a few months to see where my, you know, health numbers are because I feel everything's dialed in. My diet ain't quite dialed in, but everything, the training for sure is, my rest is. And I tell you, if nothing else, having that confidence, looking good, knowing you look the best you've ever looked, and having that functional strength, Mm -hmm. That freaky functional strength where you grab stuff and it's not heavy, where you do things and it's not hard. Um, Feels pretty good. Yeah, I mean, remember we did that 150-pound sandbag just doing some runs, like some trial runs? And I watched the video back, and I just slung it up. I mean, we didn't even, it wasn't even a hesitant. It was one motion. I just bent over, stood up with it. I mean, that's, and I remember when I first picked up that sandbag six, eight months ago, just helping you move them around. I could barely move it. So something, something's going right. I'm really pleased with our training. Speaking of being very pleased with training, last weekend we went and watched our good friend Matthew Lee, a.k.a. Corn, mm -hmm. and John Daly, the bench master, whom y'all have heard on here. Big John. Big Bad John. We watched them have a hell of a meet. That was a number... Like, first off, I want to say the USBA always puts on great meets. John Micah may be the best powerlifting promoter I've ever seen. He really puts on a great show. He takes care of his athletes. Everybody's top, you know, just top tier there. It's it's electric. The atmosphere is great. The equipment's perfect. You couldn't ask for a better ran show. Um, and Dakota was impressed, I believe, too, with that. Really impressed. It got me wanting to do some uh, USPA powerlift meets this year. I mean, and I, I, I think I could break some records in my weight group. But let's go back to, to John and, and, and Corn. So John went in and set two state records, if I believe. Now, John, I know you'll be listening to this. If I'm wrong, let me know, and I'll correct it later. His first attempt, I do believe, was his old record. His second attempt was a new record. 
and he finished out at 374 pounds, I believe. He took a fourth attempt for 383, mm -hmm. and he narrowly missed it. And honestly, I, I think he had it. I think it was more of a psychological thing, and he's probably tired from the from those three pretty heavy well, attempts. I mean, you gotta think, John. He when when he John takes raw powerlifting to to the actual raw. Like he walks up there and no no wrist wraps, no belt, no belt, no nothing. nothing. He's just there with his tennis shoes on. Yeah, so I mean. He don't even really arch his back. This this man, he don't have a wide grip either. John lays flat on this bench. He has a little bit of arch, so that way he can lock in. A minimal arch. And he, it is the most beautiful bench you'll ever see because there's no exaggerated arch. There's no falseness to it. That is raw strength. And at 49 years young, you'll be hard-pressed to find a man to walk up there without any equipment hit that kind of lift. And you know, everybody else has all this hyping up and jumping around and acting stupid. John is the most humble and well-mannered lifter you will ever see. He's helping people when he's warm up. And so he would go two lifts before corn. Corn, this was his second meet, his first USPA meet. First, you know, real sanctioned meet. John would go give his, he'd hit his lift. He walks up. He's kind. He's talking to the guys that are doing the lift off. He's thanking them for helping. He get, he, get, he does his lift. He gets up, sees his white lights, goes, sets his next attempt. Then he goes back, gets corn chopped up and ready, and does the lift off for corn, helps him set his next lift, and goes back. I mean, he really and truly, he is such a selfless person. And when you watch him compete in a room full of pretty selfish people, let's, I mean, Dakota teams, three athletes, we're selfish people. Powerlifting side, yeah. I mean, but everybody in a place where you're all competing, it's hard to find somebody with that good of a heart. And I can honestly say John Daly is my favorite powerlifter. And I think that anybody that meets him would say, you're not going to find a better man in yeah. this sport. You'll be hard-pressed. Um, and, John, we're very proud of you. I'm, I'm super thrilled. I'm honored to be your friend, and I was super proud to be there with you and right. watch you smash those records. Mm -hmm. You are Awesome. Ready to see that 400. I, well, and I'm ready to see a full power. I, old man, yeah. I mean, we talked all this kindness, but this old man, you know, he said, oh, my back hurts and this and that. But I've seen him trying to do some deadlifts yeah. now, do a little squats. And he's just, I think he's too scared to show the world how powerful he really is. I think. I think he's he, holding back on us is what it is. He don't want to hurt our feelings. I don't know if he's waiting until he's 50 or he might, he might be busting in this year to a full power meet. The way he's talking. If everything's dialed in right, you'll you'll be seeing Big John in full power. And I hope he competes just in the Masters and not in the Open, because otherwise, Dakota, yeah. we're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, let's shift over to Corn. Uh, Corn, his real name's Matthew Lee, but he goes by Corn. Corn is a freak of nature. He did a push pull. He did a deadlift and a bench. All right, I've never seen a man hold back and still hit state records. This freak of nature opened to all right. So bear in mind. His, he has a close grip bench. I mean, yeah, I've never does. seen such a narrow bench. No arch. He opens up at 418 pounds, and it moves like an empty bar. Next lift, 429, moves like an empty bar. He works up to 200 kgs, which is about 440 pounds, and they misload the bar. He gets out of the zone, and they give him a bad liftoff. Dakota, mm -hmm. do you agree that was an awful liftoff? I 100% agree. It, it jolted him. I saw it. It was yeah, a bad handoff. He, he was in the zone. He was focused. And then 
they go in there, ho, ho, ho. I mean, I understand it happens. But then they, then he had a bad lift off with yeah. it. And now that's not knocking the, the, um, the spotters in any way. It's still one of the best meets I've seen put on in a very long time. But he got a bad lift. And this happens. Um, but you could tell he was off balance. And when he went to press it up, it was a fast press right at lockout. He lost his balance. That left side shot up, the right side sunk, and he was off. And I firmly believe that um, 440 pounds, 200 kilograms, would have fell had he not had a misload and that bad handoff. I think if he would have just had a bad handoff and not a misload or just a misload and not a bad handoff. But that combination between the two, I, Dakota will tell you, when you're in the zone and you're right there in front of, I mean, there was a big crowd. There was, it was. It was, was a really big crowd. People. Um, you're in front of this big crowd and the lights are going and everything. I mean, there's flashing lights. There's loud music. I mean, if you get out of the zone, it's it kind of has a discombobulating effect. I mean, truly, you lose all of it. Like you got to be zoned in, or you're not going to hit it. And he he very nearly hit it even out of the zone. So I think that was an amazing, amazing. Um, bench session, he hit, his opener was a state record, his second attempt was a state record. All in all, great day. Uh, he went on to deadlift. Deadlift was my, I was really disappointed how it turned out for him. He uh, opened uh, up at, well, well, he opened up pretty conservative, 550. 550 for corn is like putting 135 on the bar for anybody else. Um, he stood up right up with it. It was so easy. His, his warm-ups moved slow. I was worried about him. And then he got in there on that stadium, and he killed it. I mean, 550 flew up, jumped up to, I believe it was 573, uh -huh. um, which is the next jump. Essentially, he was going to go 550, 575, 600, which in kilos, you're looking at 550, 573, and I think like 602, uh -huh. something like that. He made the jump, and when he got to 600, um, he pulled it. It was a beautiful pull, and they gave him a hitch call. Well, it wasn't a hitch. It was, um, we soft thought it was a hips. hitch at first. It was soft hips, which I've never been called on um, soft hips before. I've seen soft knees, which is where your knees aren't quite mm -hmm. locked out. But soft hips means your hips, the crease in your hips kind of forward. I saw the lift, unless the side judges saw something I didn't see. That was a clean, clean 602. And I, that, that was really, they robbed him. Yeah. Um, everybody in there was calling calling bull crap. Everybody thought it was a terrible call. Um, but, and I want to say yeah. something. I'm going to count it for corn. I think it's shit that they didn't call it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to break our no swear word rule on here. That was shit. It was a terrible call. It was shit. Very, very, very bad judging on that part. But, you know. And, and the thing is, I still, I want to say, for it to have been his second meet and his first sanctioned meet, corn walked into this thing and he hit a... 1,029 pound subtotal. Just a subtotal. Just think about it. That's squat and deadlift. Now, bear in mind, this is a man who can squat well over 1,600 pounds. Sorry, well over 600 pounds. I'm, my math's off. Well over 600 pounds. You're looking at, if he did a full power, you're looking at about a 16 to 1,700 pound total mm -hmm. because he had more in the tank on deadlift. It was just a bad call. He I, held back on everything. I guarantee after this call on the soft hips, Corn will be he would probably he's happy with his bench. I think he will put a lot more work into his deadlift. And I think what and for those who don't know him, Corn is the most dedicated 
lifter you will ever see. And if he gets in his mind a number that he has to hit, he's going to hit it. And so I really look forward to him hitting a, a full power and seeing what he can do because, I mean, this guy, I, I can't get, I cannot stress enough your first real sanctioned meet hitting a over a thousand pound subtotal. And knowing that he can walk in, if he had done a full power, he would have hit a 1600 pound total on his first meet weighing under 240 pounds. Mm -hmm. He's competing in the 242, he's weighing about 235. And he could easily hit a 1,600-pound total. And that's raw and natural. I'm hoping that – I think we'll see that. The next coming up couple months, maybe a year, we're going to see – I think if he comes back and does a full power, I'm calling it – I'm calling 1,700, which is just unreal. And I bet he'll do it weighing under – under. He'll, he'll be in the 242. He might go down to the 220. I don't know. He I, won't be I, over the 242. If he, if he does, if he does uh, uh, 220 – I think he'll break most of those state records for the test at division. Oh heck, he was breaking records in the yeah. two forty two. He's just a freak of nature, and he, you know, once again, you'll never see a kinder, more humble lifter. Mm -hmm. He is not a braggart. He looks like somebody straight out of a muscle magazine. Yeah, he does. But he is such a kind, sweethearted person, and and truly a blessing to know. And. We, we really, I'm glad we got to talk about this because well, these are two people we're very proud of. Now, look, we are, we're going to brag on ourselves, son. Yeah, yeah. I was going to get to, I was going to get to that. In the warm-up room when they were warming up for bench, somebody had left 405 on the bar. In my street clothes, my wedding ring, and my wristwatch on, I laid down and just hit a three-second pause mm -hmm. on a 405 bench. And I honestly could have done it for three or four more reps for that long on pause. And you had it. You had everybody in that warm-up room looking at you. Afraid. Yeah, they was like, what? They said, is he competing? I said, no, I wish I was. And one guy said, I'm glad you're not. And the same thing, deadlift. Dakota took off on deadlift. Yeah, I, I was helping the guys load the plates and everything. I was like, hell, while I'm, while I'm loading the plates, helping the guys out, you know, so they don't fatigue yourself, I might as well jump in and pull a little bit. I mean, I didn't bring my belt or anything. Well, I, I warmed up to a... Uh, what would, what would uh? It was five, a little over five hundred pounds. It, it was yeah, it was over five hundred. I just pulled no belt, no nothing in my Sunday clothes. Just no no chalk, <laughs> no chalk. Just went up in there and just yanked it up, and, and it moved fast, you know. And that's um, he would have pulled a double overhand, but his hands were slick. Uh, he got about halfway, set it down because his grip gave because no chalk, mm -hmm. um, and did mixed grip and popped it right up and. You, I, I told him we probably don't need to hang out in the warm-up area and do this. Well, I mean, it's good to Making help. Making fun of the sumo lifters, how, they, how yeah, sumo's in a I real day. I did do that. I did that a good bit. But, I mean, it, the reason I was there in the warm-up area was to help John and Corn. But I've seen some other guys. They didn't have nobody helping them. They were loading the plates themselves. I mean. We had fun. We did. I, I just, for the one thing about powerlifting I wish I could see. I, I like powerlifting. I'm going to do it. I wish more people in powerlifting would do it like the way me, Jacob, and John, and Corn. More, how, how do you how, how do you say it? More of a community instead of competitors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you ain't got to be so competitive. I mean, yeah, I want to win. But we're competing one. against one another, and we're competing yeah. against ourselves. Like I, I want to tell you something. Daniel and I are, are set to compete in the same weight class. And do I want to beat Daniel? Yes. But is he going to be cheering me on every single time I'm lifting? Yes. Am I going to be there behind him, chalking his back, cheering him on, and wanting him to be the best he can? Yes. Uh -huh. And that's, you know, 
I remember the first time I lost the power lifting meet. Um, I went to a couple without losing. I I remember being so disappointed, and we were neck and neck. This guy and I, we got to the deadlift, and my my back locked up on so my second attempt. And I told him I wasn't gonna make it, and he said I'm going for six. I think it was six oh two or something like that. And I he, I let him borrow my ammonia. I chalked him up, I put baby powder on his legs, and I stood there yelling at the top of my lungs as the guy who I would have beat had he not got that lift said it broke my state record on the total and on the deadlift and beat me. He beat me by 30 pounds, and, you know, I didn't feel bad. I took my silver medal, I stood there beside him, we hugged each other's neck, followed each other on Instagram, and I was proud to see him do good. And I, I really think... That, that's the that's the important thing about strength sports. If, if you don't even place, if you got in there and you were stronger than you were when you started, if you got an extra rep in on when you're training, if you, hell, if you go if you step on that scale and you're a pound lighter, if your goal is gain weight, you're a pound bigger. You know, if your shirts fit better, if you if you feel better about the man or woman you see in the mirror, or you know, honestly, if you go to the doctor and your blood pressure's not high or you're not diabetic anymore. Those are all PRs. Those are all victories, and those are all worth it. And I really think everybody does it for different reasons. And I don't. I think that it's unhealthy to focus on winning and losing. It's those little victories that really matter. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to see these people again. If you do, it'll be at a meet. Yeah. You see your friends. Like we're always together, and our guys at the gym. But you know, at the end of the day, you're doing this for yourself. You're doing it for your family and. I think that too many people lose sight of what really matters. It's not about likes on Instagram or, you know, medals. It's about being a better version of yourself. Because if you can walk around, if I can walk around and grab a sack of quick creek and it not be heavy, or I can tote the groceries in, or I can get that dog food or that sack of uh, fertilizer in one hand and read the back, it's worth it. If I never got a medal, yeah. that's worth it. Well, I mean, that's a little bit of strong man in you right there. That functional strength is what I like to call it. Ah, well, look, let's shift away from lifting, and we're kind of re- nearing the end of our podcast. We haven't heard enough from the shit king. <laughs> Josh, what you been up to, brother? I ain't been up to too much. Uh, work for the state. We've been trying to get all our paperwork done, send that in. Uh, most of what I've been doing is staring at a computer screen. Well, you've done something very interesting that I think our listeners need to hear about so they can follow it. It involves birds and cameras. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's... Okay, so the way it works is, I, if y'all don't know this, I work for State Parks in Mississippi. So we're trying to set up a little bit of program for set up deer cameras if you're in the state parks because... I don't know about y'all, but one of my greatest joys in nature is seeing the wildlife. And uh, we're hoping that if this turns out well next year, we have a few eagles' nests that we know about upstate. And we hope to set up some cameras up there, do a live feed of, uh, of the eagles' nest during their uh, hatching season. Now, I do encourage all of y'all to keep a look on the state website um, and the track. that I know my aunt several years ago when she was still living in Florida... Florida did something similar, and she followed it every day. It was a beautiful thing from the time the birds hatched um, to the time they, you know, flew the coop, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, and it was it was kind of dramatic. One of them died. One of them fell off and was like on the limb below the nest, and yeah. it was trying to get its way up, and it wound up getting grown and flying. But she was emotionally invested, and I think, you know, it changed the way she saw eagles and. 
I, I think having that connection to wildlife and getting to see them, you know, in their natural habitat and getting to see what actually goes on with them, that's way different than watching a documentary or, um, kind, or reading a book. Kind of like, kind of like the wildlife version of the Kardashians. <laughs> it's like the Kardashians for wildlife. Yeah. Exactly. Well, um, before... now I do know one other thing. Uh, keep the lookout. We have a. I don't know if any of y'all ever see it on Facebook. There's a bear watching group from Mississippi that actually the state runs. It, people send in their wild bear pictures. I heard talk there might be a possibility of something coming up in the future with that. Josh has a naked photograph of himself that's going on the website. <laughs> no, yeah. no. I stopped doing that after the lawsuit. <laughs> He's joking. Yes, I am, joking. I am joking. That is very exciting, though. We're super stoked to see this. Um, and I encourage all of you, if you're not involved, you know, in your, in our in our wildlife community, you know, talk to your game wardens, talk to your wildlife agencies, and, you know, get to know these guys and gals because, really, they do a lot for, for, our, for our state, for our communities, for our parks. Um, every time you go to a national park and it's paved and, and the trees are, are well manicured and, and the grass is cut, it takes a team. Same thing every time when, you know, deer season changes or when mm -hmm. it's set by a group of people that have spent years getting data and working mm -hmm. to, to make sure everything's there. Every time you go to a uh, public lake or a wildlife reserve and you see something or you catch a fish, just know that it took a team of people to make sure those fish stayed alive, to make sure that they were breeding and spawning on time, to make sure that our deer population is right, our squirrel population Make sure we still have black bears in the state of Mississippi. Yeah. These things that are so important are eagles. Eagles used to be a lot rarer than they yeah. are now, and it's all thanks to the great men and women who work for our wildlife and fisheries department. And I really, Josh, thank you for what you do. And I, I think, you know, more people, I do encourage you to to get involved. Yeah, go get your hunting license. Go out, be in nature, fish, hunt, enjoy um, hiking trails. Hi yeah. Hiking trails. Hiking enjoy the things God's given us. And enjoy what these people are working so hard to to give us. And, you know, when you see somebody from Wildlife and Fisheries, thank them. Because, truthfully, um, you think they're just setting rules, but at the end of the day, they're making sure that our kids and grandkids will have uh, nature to enjoy just like we do. So there is a lot of work that goes into it. but And we also try to make things a little bit more interesting for people. Uh, did you know there's actually a, a lake in Mississippi that is stocked with rainbow trout? By the state. Where's that at? I think it's Eagle Pass. Eagle Pass sounds right. I, I It's been a while since I checked exactly which lake. I just know that we do it. And this is just a cool little uh, nature fact for you. So, state keeps a record of anyone who reports a bear finding. This year alone, which has been a month long, we have almost beaten our record for people sighting bears. I, you know, and that's something that I've, I've been really encouraged in the last few years. Mississippi used to have a lot of black bears. We were the home of the teddy bear. Yep. Um, which, if you have not read that story, you can look yeah, it up. It's it is, amazing. It's a beautiful story. It's a great piece of Mississippi history. Um, speaking of Mississippi history, Josh is going to the Max in Meridian. That's the Mississippi Art and Entertainment Museum in Meridian. Kathleen and I went. I'm not going to ruin a surprise for Josh, but I encourage you, if you're ever in or around Meridian, to stop by the Max. And I think Josh will, next time we have him on the show, verify that is one of the most impressive museums I've ever been to. Well, 
Guys, uh, Dakota, you got anything in closing? Uh, not not really. <laughs> eat hard. Eat hard. Always eat hard. Eat harder, not smarter. Well, well, I do want to mention one more thing. We all sampled, since we're talking about Mississippi, a very cool, a very cool thing. So Mississippi has a distillery now. It's called Cathead. It's in uh, in around in around the Jackson area. Is it in Pearl or is it in Jackson? I believe it's in Jackson. Now, of course, Cathead's been around forever with vodka and everything like that. But they have Old Soul Bourbon, which they've been doing for a few years now. Um, I've been wanting to try it, um, and I don't know why I haven't. I just haven't. And I stopped, and knowing we were all me together this weekend, I stopped and got us a bottle of old souls bourbon but i didn't get the regular one i got 2022 small batch only 60 barrels of this were made um and it's phenomenal really and truly i think it's on par with any of the other kentucky bourbons or other straight american whiskeys i've had uh dakota thought it was more like canadian or irish whiskey that's really what it had a lot of maple notes to it It had pepper and and you know caramel they said they said vanilla I, I don't know if I really tasted vanilla, but then again, I might not just be that. My vanilla might not be strong on for my palate. What about you, Josh? Uh, okay, so I'm actually kind of opposite you, Dakota. Uh, I got the vanilla a lot more than I got maple syrup, so I think it's just our palates picking up a little bit differently. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I got vanilla on the front side, like my initial pass. You add a little bit of water, um, smell it again, get a little on your lips, and take a second sip. And I got more vanilla on the nose and caramel on the back side. But all of us got like this leathery, peppery taste on the um, on the back side of it, like the residual flavor in your mouth. And all in all, it's very impressive. So, you know, buy Mississippi. Um, whether it's your drinks, you know, get Southern Prohibition beer, Mississippi beer. Mississippi, get, we got coffee made in Mississippi now. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen bean fruit coffee? They make it here in Mississippi. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it's just a Mississippi episode, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Am I crooked letter, crooked letter, I crooked letter, crooked <laughs> Yeah. Well, so I guess we'll close with that is eat harder, not smarter. And if you do, buy Mississippi stuff. Yeah. All right, till then. Thanks, guys. Stay strong.